Hello, all you Queer Queries listeners. This is the final episode of season one. Yes, season one of the show. We have only scratched the surface in discussing and learning about the incredible LGBTQ plus community. I can't believe <laughs> I did this. And I can't wait to bring you even more incredible stories, interviews next season. But for now, it's time to wrap up this chapter of the show. I just want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tuned in. I wanted to create something, you know, where I could constantly have these conversations with other queer people and just learn more about our incredible community. And whether you listen to one episode or all of them, I hope that you have learned something from one of these conversations that you feel empowered to go and either learn more about and share with others. Now, I wanted to record just one last episode kind of as a means of reflection, not just for you all, but also for me to kind of reflect on something that was, like I said, conceived and just something that was conceived and created during this time and that I could not have imagined myself doing when I was younger, first coming out and figuring out who I was. And my mom said something in the last episode that I feel like at first listen can seem pretty obvious, but not to all apparently. And I think that's why she said it. She said that the reason queer people have to come out is that so that those around us know that we are here. She said how when her and my dad went to a PFLAG beating, when I was figuring out my sexuality, they met a mom who always introduced herself by saying she had a gay son as a way to warn those around her from saying anything harmful towards the LGBTQ plus community. Hearing both of these comments she made really reinforced the missions that I established for myself when creating this show. And not just the show, but also kind of what I try to do now in service of the queer community. Visibility is extremely important because it allows those that are often overlooked to feel empowered because it shows them that they aren't alone. But I believe that true visibility doesn't erase the hardships that many queer people still face in so many parts of this country and all over the world. Every day, queer people fear expressing themselves because of the possibility of retaliation. And this amounts in big and small ways. And you know, maybe it's not letting your family into your personal life because you have your own suppressed homophobia that you're still dealing with. Or maybe it's not wanting to hold your significant other's hand in public because you're afraid you're going to get looks or jeers from whoever. Or maybe it's not being able to wear what we truly want to because it may call for, again, unwanted harassment. You know, I experienced something like this the other day. We talked about this briefly on the episode with my parents. And, you know, I'm a very proud queer man, if you can't tell, and could give two fucks about what people say about what I wear. But recently, I was walking the dogs, uh, our dogs, in my neighborhood, and a bunch of middle school boys on their daddy's golf cart called me a fucking faggot. Now, I'm a grown man, and at the end of the day, I'm able to just shrug that off. Took a while, but think about those who face that kind of harassment on a day-to-day -day basis, and it's hard for them to hear that. We are just trying to live our lives just like everyone else. Now, someone may ask, for whatever reason, well, what caused them to say such a thing? You must have been doing something or wearing something that provoked them, right? 
Well, if you must know, I was wearing a cute, comfy, light pink sweatsuit that I just got from a thrift store. And if anyone listening to this thinks, oh, well, that explains why that happened because of what he was wearing. I asked you to stop and think about that. Why does your mind go to what the harassed did wrong as opposed to the hateful behavior exhibited by the harasser? I mean, that's a question that could apply to a multitude of people and situations where the statement they asked for because of what they were wearing gets brought up. I should be able to wear what I want and be who I want without attracting any sort of hate. This is an experience queer people are just all too familiar with, some way worse than others. And like I said, it took me a while to feel comfortable in my identity, and I'm still finding bits of myself that are rooted in homophobia and fear because that's what society teaches us. It teaches us that it's not okay to live in this out and proud way because it goes against this traditional foundation set by just oppressive people, if I'm being blunt. And this is kind of where the second part of what my mom said comes in. The mom who introduced herself by saying she had a gay son. This action she chose to do speaks bounds because it shows not just love for her queer child, but she is actively working to protect him too. She is stepping outside of what may have been her comfort zone and making a stance against any hate that could be directed towards her son. And the second half of visibility comes in when others, not part of the community, take steps to actively protect those who are most vulnerable to discrimination. And I feel that that is what many of us in the community who are fighting want. I mean, we can only do so much, unfortunately, and it isn't enough to say, I love you, I accept you. At this point, those are just words, because if you take steps outside of those words, against your LGBTQ friend or colleague or whatever. Those are just empty words. True allyship is an active role, not a passive role. And it's not a destination that one just arrives at at some point. Like Laura said on our episode about allyship, she said, it's like, oh, I don't just go to allyship class for the week and oh, great, that's my good service for the week. It's a forever learning experience. It's so important for queer people to be loved, accepted, and protected. Queerness and all, because that's what we, we deserve, ultimately. We shouldn't have to prove ourselves as a great artist or lawyer or doctor or writer or whatever we choose to do with our lives for people to then decide, okay, you know what? They aren't so bad because they're a great actor and I love watching them perform. I'll just not think about the fact that they're also gay. <laughs> I mean... Queerness is such a beautiful thing. It's freedom and beauty and love and weird and courage and so many other attributes that make LGBTQ plus people so, so special. It's something that I see as forever changing. It's something that I think we all need more of, regardless of if you're in the community or outside the community. I mean, something I encourage anyone who has listened to the show to explore, what does queerness mean to you? Because the literal definition of queer means it's just weird. I think our world just needs a little bit more strange and love and appreciation of that strange. You don't have to be straight or cisgender to explore this state of being. 
I think queerness is also rebellion. That is literally the one thing you see throughout queer history is this rebellion against the way of life that we are taught, which wasn't at all inclusive. And it's working towards creating a new way that allows each individual to live beyond the bounds of any label or rule or restriction. And I think that's something that all of us deserve. Like I said, it needs to be protected because it's still something that is seen as a threat to the sanctity of oppression. (laughs) I used to disassociate myself as much as I could from being gay. I didn't want to be defined by it. I literally remember saying things like that, like, I'm this, I'm that, and I'm that, and then I'm gay. But it's not all about who I am. And I said that because my gayness only appeared to limit me. And then I asked myself, who decided that my gayness or my queerness was a limitation? And I started to explore and love that part of myself. I realized how my past mentality, the comments I would say about, I'm this, 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 and that I'm gay. It's rooted in homophobia and taught by a system that wasn't made for others like me because I'm having to prove myself in these other facets because queerness and gayness is looked at as a bad thing and as a limitation. When no, it it makes me so incredibly special and I should love that part of myself. I started learning about the history of queer people and fighting for our rights and then winning and then some people ditching the ones who chose to live more out because those ones, for whatever reason, compromised comfort for the ones who found it easier to meld into the straight, cis, white world. I asked, why are we trying to disassociate ourselves from the very thing that makes us beautiful only to assimilate into a world that wasn't made for us in mind. We've spent so much time being like, I'm gay, I'm proud, like gay pride, all this. And then once some of us have made it and are accepted, it's like we cut that part off. I don't understand it. And and like I said, like I've dealt with it and so many of us still deal with it today. And the thing I have to say to those who still perpetuate this type of division within the community And might I remind you, a community that has a reputation for being accepting regardless is this. The refusal of your queer identity in any sense undermines all of the work our LGBTQ plus ancestors did to allow us to enjoy the freedoms we have today. No one is saying that because you're gay or trans or bi or non-binary or however you identify that you have to go all the way and just be very that. The thing that is harmful is when individuals shame those of us who do choose to own that part of our identity and love it. And when you say, oh, I'm not like them, or not all of us are like that. To me, that is like spitting on the work of Marsha, of Sylvia, of Stormy, of Harvey, of Barbara, of all of these queer activists who fought for the privileges that we are able to have today. They deserve our respect Because for them, it wasn't about passing or being the most gay or still being in the closet. It was just about rights and respect for queer people, regardless. I think if you take anything away, regardless is the key word. And I wish you could see me because I'm doing this kind of like chop, you finish sign with my hand. Because truly, it is a bottom line. It should be regardless. There should be no ifs, ands, or buts. This whole idea of queer people not accepting other queer people is one thing I don't understand, do not stand for, 
And if you could tell, it really gets me worked up. But anyways, where do we go? What do we do moving forward? You've listened to the show and hopefully you've gone and looked at the resources for further learning. But what's next? It's interesting because this episode is going to come out after election day. So either way, many of us will have new eyes in the sense of how we are going to look towards the future and what we need to do. Here's this word again. Regardless of what happens, there is so much work to be done. The fight has only just begun. I've been hearing that statement so much recently. I think it's so appropriate. Your vote was a step. Listening to this podcast was a step. There is so much we can all do. Talking and researching and listening and watching and learning is great. But what active steps can you take in your everyday life to truly make this country, this world, an equal place for all? What can you do outside of your comfort zone that lets a queer person who you might not even know, just let them know that you see them and you respect them. And I think this is something queer people, we need to ask ourselves too, because we still have many issues within our community that we need to acknowledge and really put under a microscope. Some of us have the privilege of being able to pass, to turn off our queerness if we absolutely have to, but what steps can we take to protect the more vulnerable in our community? I see life as a student and I'm forever learning because there is, as I feel like many of us have seen recently, a plethora of things we've learned so far that feed into the system of oppression. I love learning about queer history because it makes me feel a part of something that has been going on for generations. And if you haven't figured out right now or already, I love Disney. <laughs> Surprise. And what happens in every Disney movie? There is a battle of good and evil. And it's a lot like the struggle of queer people throughout history. There are princesses and princes and queens and kings and dragons and unicorns and mermaids that are all fighting against the forces of evil. It is a truly epic and beautiful story. And it needs to be taught because it is just as much a part of our history as everything else we were fed growing up. But unfortunately, it's not. So go out and learn about it yourself and share it with others. It's so important to remember that we never stop learning about ourselves, about what do we truly believe? How do I exist in the world? How do others exist in the world? What do they believe? How is someone else's experience who doesn't identify the same way I do, how is their experience different from mine? These questions are so important to ask yourself because I feel like they build empathy. And I think that is what we all need now more than ever. So again, I thank you for taking the time to not just listen and support something that I created but also taking the time to educate yourself on the experience of another. And queer people who are listening, I love you so much, even if I don't know you, and I am immensely proud of you. You are so essential and special, and I see you and I'm here for you, 
I encourage you to reach out. I hope this show has made you feel supported in your journey. And like I said, I would love to hear from you and let me know what did you love about the show? What worked for you this season? What didn't? I love constructive, emphasis on the constructive, (laughs) criticism. Please don't read me. (laughs) And continue to follow our show on Instagram. We will be back. Not sure when yet, because mama needs a break, (laughs) but we will be back because like I said, I'm not done with this. I love doing this. I love having these conversations with queer people and funneling queer voices out there into the world. Thank you for listening to this season of Queer Queries. And now go have a big gay day and ta-ta for now. Hey y'all, thanks for tuning into this episode of Queer Queries. This show is produced by yours truly, edited by Addison McKissack, theme song written by Matt Gregory, Colin Egan, and Mike Hubbard, produced by Colin Egan and Mike Hubbard, logo designed by David Pavon. Have an inquiry, topic suggestion, guest idea? Email askqueerqueries at gmail.com and let me know your thoughts. Also, follow us on Instagram at queer.queries. And remember, hit that subscribe button, leave that written review, tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell your enemies, tell the whole world about the Queer Queries podcast.